Hey, drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm Other Jen. And I'm Kim. And we're the Drunk Dickens Gals. Dickens Gals. Oof, I'm feeling better about this now. Yeah, yeah. starting to get into the groove. <laughs> yeah, or the, the lack of groove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, you know what? We we need a lot of groove. And we need to call on the spirit of Marley for his groove. Oh, Molly. <laughs> Molly's on the way. <laughs> it's a Christmas carol. And today is the second part of stave one. Because Are stave one was long. Talk about staves again. That's just like crazy. It's- on the nose metaphor, Dickens. Yeah. 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 Oh, so on- yeah. The whole public domain part. We're allowed to play with this and... Yeah, ad lib. <laughs> and we don't boy. do British accents. No. It's because it's better not to do them than to do them really, really badly. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I'm still traumatized from Mr. Swales. <laughs> <laughs> Yablins. We're all, we're, Yablins, we're all scarred. Air blips. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Air <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, if anybody's wondering, I am channeling my inner East Boston for uh, Ebenezer. And I'm just whatever generic non-accent Midwest, I guess, with maybe a hint of North. Which is as Dickens intended. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he intended uh, other gents. What the fuck? <laughs> Intonations. <laughs> <laughs> she's reading this but to me those are priceless <laughs> yeah some of this stuff i'm like i don't even know what i just read <laughs> yeah there were one or two references in there that even i was like hey i know i'm a history and literature nerd but even i'm like that's a that i don't have time to look into that shit <laughs> too deep in the weeds but also i just want to say before we start i am feeling both seen and triggered by ebenezer oh <laughs> He's not entirely wrong. <laughs> Just wants to be left alone. He does. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. He should not have had a slap fight with his nephew, though. <laughs> you know, the, the nephew has things he needs to think about, too, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. It's one meal. You couldn't <laughs> one meal? Why'd you fucking get married? <laughs> that was great. Why'd you bother getting married? That was awesome. <laughs> Anyway, uh, since we can't stave it off any longer, oh, get it, get it. <laughs> if Dickens can do it, so can I. On to stave one, part two. You know what it's time for? <gasps> Is it time for presents? <gasps> yeah. To sing carols and give gifts to the poor? Cookies. Get on oh, your goddamn oh. treadmill. <laughs> 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 but you know what? It's time for a recap. And oh. I have missed this. Oh, I bet okay. you have. Go for I it. Really, I really have. So here's the deal. It's like the day before Christmas. And what the fuck? Doesn't anyone have shit to do besides bother Ebenezer Scrooge while he's trying to get stuff done? I mean, I've spent way too many Christmas Eves working frantically to finish stuff for deadlines and whatever. Everybody's like, oh, hey, let's have some eggnog lattes. And so where are your plans for Christmas? And I'm like, no, just go over there and think about your sins. This is not... <laughs> Uh, There is no fucking reason to be so goddamn cheerful and bother everyone. And that is basically what happens in the first half of this stave. Scrooge's nephew is cheerful and annoying. The charity guys are cheerful and annoying. And even Bob Cratchit, which kind of sounds like a slang for VD, is cheerful and annoying in a kind of frostbitten way running around wearing a quilt. (laughs) 
Oh, and let's just be real clear here. Scrooge's old partner, Marley, is definitely dead. Like, I don't know how many words Dickens spends describing just how dead Marley is, but dude, I got it the first time. (laughs) Finally, Scrooge is heading home where he hopes he'll be safe from all fucking cheerful people. Yeah, good luck with that. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) Okay. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in chambers, which had once belonged to his deceased partner, Drink. They were a (laughs) gloomy suite of rooms in a lowering pile of building up a yard where it had so little business to be that one could scarcely help fancying it must have run there when it was a young house playing at hide and seek with other houses. What the fuck is he saying and forgotten (laughs) the way out again? I love that. It's so weird. Dickens, we're going to have to workshop this metaphor again. Again. <laughs> I'm reading this and I'm like, wait, did I miss a word? Did I screw nope. this? No. Nope. Oh my God. You got it. Okay. It was old enough now and dreary enough, we're talking about the house, for nobody lived in it but Scrooge, the other rooms being all let out as offices. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, was fain to grope with his hands. The fog and frost so hung about the black old gateway of the house that it seemed as if the genius of the weather sat in mournful meditation on the threshold. Now, it is a fact that Marley's dead. Kidding! (laughs) That there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door. Except that it was very large. What knockers? It is. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Get some Christmas melons, baby. <laughs> it is also a fact that Scrooge had seen it night and morning during his whole residence in that place. <laughs> also, that Scrooge had as little of what is called fancy about him as any man in the city of London, even including, which is a bold word, the corporation, aldermen, and livery. Let it also be borne in mind that Scrooge had not bestowed one thought on Marley since his last mention of his seven years dead partner drink that afternoon. And then let any man explain to me, if he can, how it happened that Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw in the knocker, without its undergoing any intermediate process of change, not a knocker, but Marley's face. What the fuck? Marley's face. It was not in impenetrable shadow as the other objects in the yard were, but had a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I love it. This is so meant have to for boss. Yeah, you need to look that one up. It was not angry or ferocious, but looked at Scrooge as Marley used to look, with ghostly spectacles turned up on its ghostly forehead. The hair was curiously stirred as if by breath or hot air, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That and its livid color made it horrible, but its horror seemed to be in spite of the face and beyond its control rather than a part of its own expression. 
as Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a knocker again. Oh, thank fuck. (laughs) (laughs) To say that he was not startled or that his blood was not conscious of a terrible sensation to which it had been a stranger from infancy would be untrue. But he put his hand upon the key he had relinquished, turned it sturdily, walked in, and lighted his candle. He did pause with a moment's irresolution before he shut the door, and he did look cautiously behind it first, as if he half expected to be terrified with the sight of Marley's pigtail sticking out into the hall. But there was nothing on the back of the door except the screws and nuts that held the knocker on. So he said... Poo poo, and closed it with a bang. <laughs> the sound resounded through the house like thunder. Every room above and every cask in the wine merchant's cellar below appeared to have a separate peal of echoes of its own. Scrooge was not a man to be frightened by echoes. Fuck that. he fastened the door and walked across the hall and up the stairs, slowly, too, trimming his candle as he went. You may talk vaguely about driving a coach and six up a good old flight of stairs or through a bad young act of parliament, but I mean to say you might have got a hearse up that staircase and taken it broadwise with the splinter bar towards the wall and the door towards the balustrades and done it easy. Whatever all that means. There was plenty of width for that and room to spare, which is perhaps the reason why Scrooge thought he saw a locomotive hearse going on before him in the gloom. Half a dozen gas lamps out of the street wouldn't have lighted the entry too well, so you may suppose that it was pretty dark with Scrooge's dip. Up Scrooge went, not carrying a button for that. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. Look, I'm just saying energy (laughs) prices in California. (laughs) I I get that. (laughs) But before he shut his heavy door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. He had just enough recollection of the face to desire to do that. But I'm not nervous at all. No, no. And Marley remains dead as far as we know. As a doornail. (laughs) Drink. Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, spoon and basin ready, and the little saucepan of gruel, Scrooge had a cold in his head, upon the hob. Nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet, nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. (laughs) Lumber room as usual, old fire guard, old shoes, two fish baskets, washing stand on three legs, and a poker. And just, uh... A side note, a lumber room is basically the Victorian term for like a closet or a small room where you just store shit. All right. Okay. Quite satisfied, he closed his door and locked himself in. Double locked himself in, which was not his custom. But he's not nervous. Don't at me. (laughs) Thus, secured against surprise, he took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. 
It was a very low fire indeed, nothing on such a bitter night. He was obliged to sit close to it and brood over it before he could extract the least sensation of warmth from such a handful of fuel. The fireplace was an old one built by some Dutch merchant long ago and paved all round with quaint Dutch tiles designed to illustrate the scriptures. Cheerful. <laughs> there were Cain's and Abel's, Pharaoh's daughters, queens of Sheba, angelic messengers descending through the air on clouds like feather beds, Abraham's, Belshazzar's, apostles putting off to sea in butter boats, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of figures to attract his thoughts. And yet that face of Marley, seven years dead, drink. drink came like the ancient prophet's rod and swallowed up the whole. Isn't that the whale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if each smooth tile had been a blanket first with power to shape some picture on its surface from the disjointed fragments of his thoughts, there would have been a copy of old Marley's head on every one. Humbug, said Scrooge, and walked across the room. After several turns, he sat down again. As he threw his head back in the chair, his glance happened to rest upon a bell, a disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose now forgotten with a chamber in the highest story of the building. It was with great astonishment and with a strange, inexplicable dread that as he looked, he saw this bell begin to swing. This <gasps> is the moment in the ghost adventures where they're like, did you get that on camera? Did you hear that? Did you, <laughs> oh, did you get that on camera? Does it feel cold to you in here? <laughs> Look, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps, man. <laughs> it swung so softly in the outset that it scarcely made a sound. But soon it rang out loudly and so did every bell in the house. This might have lasted half a minute or a minute, but it seemed an hour. The bells ceased as they had begun together. They were succeeded by a clanking noise deep down below as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the Ooh. casks in the wine merchant's cellar. Scrooge then remembered to have heard that ghosts in haunted houses were described as dragging chains. Okay, I just have to yep. give some points to Dickens here. This is not bad horror writing. No, not at all. Like yeah. I'm actually like, ah, okay, I, I get, I get the nerves. I, yep. I, I got the nerves. Yep. The cellar door flew open with a booming sound, and then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below. Then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. Jesus fucking Christ! I mean, it's humbug still. I won't believe it. Oh, my God. I won't believe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, sure. right. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. His color changed, though, when without a pause, it came on through the heavy door and passed into the room before his eyes. Upon its coming in, the dying flame leaped up as though it cried. I know him. Marley's ghost. And fell again. The same face. The very same 
Marley in his pigtail, usual waistcoat, tights and boots, the tassels on the ladder bristling like Wait, his- was he like a drum majorette? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking about something, if, if this is 1843, then this is going back to the 1830s. And if he was an older man, he would have probably still been sporting, you know, older fashions sure. from like the 1820s and 10s. Mm, yeah. So, ooh, I don't okay. know. So tassels on his boots, like his pigtail, and his coat skirts and the hair upon his head. The chain he drew was clasped around his middle. It was long and wound about him like a tail, and it was made, for Scrooge observed it closely, of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds, and heavy purses wrought in steel— that's my nightmare every night after working. You know, doing <laughs> Are you feeling triggered, Jen? <laughs> accounting triggered. His body was transparent so that Scrooge, observing him and looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but he had never believed it until now. <laughs> what a tangent. That's, I did not need to know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, nor did he believe it even now, though he looked the phantom through and through and saw it standing before him, though he felt the chilling influence of its death-cold eyes and marked the very texture of the folded kerchief bound around its head and chin, which wrapper he had not observed before. He was still incredulous and fought against his senses. <clears throat> How now, said, so cow. <laughs> said Scrooge, caustic and cold as ever. What do you want with me? Much, Marley's voice. No doubt about it. Uh, who are you? Ask me who I was. Uh, who were you then? You're a, you're a particular for a shade. He was going to say to a shade, but substituted this as more appropriate. In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Uh, can, can you, uh, sit down? Asked Scrooge, looking doubtfully at him. I can. Well, fucking do it then. Yeah, Scro- fuck you. <laughs> Scrooge asked the question because he didn't know whether a ghost so transparent might find himself in a condition to take a chair and felt that in the event of it being impossible, it might involve the necessity of an embarrassing explanation. But the ghost sat down on the opposite side of the fireplace <laughs> as if he were quite used to it. And oh my I God, that it. sounds so Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah. You don't believe in me. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blood of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. <laughs> There's more of gravy than of grave about you, but whatever you are. <laughs> Scrooge was not much in the habit of cracking jokes. Nor and yet, did, <laughs> nor did he feel in his heart by any means waggish then. The truth is that he tried to be smart as a means of distracting his own attention and keeping down his terror, for the specter's voice disturbed the very marrow in his bones. To sit staring at those fixed glazed eyes in silence for a moment would place Scrooge felt the very deuce within him. There was something 
very awful, too, in the specters being provided with an infernal atmosphere of its own. Scrooge could not feel it himself, but this was clearly the case, for though the ghost sat perfectly motionless, its hair and skirts and tassels were still agitated as by the hot vapor from an oven. You see this toothpick? said Scrooge, returning quickly to the charge for the reason just assigned and wishing, though it were only for a second, to divert the vision's stony gaze from himself. I do. You're not looking at it. But I see it notwithstanding. Oh, God. Well, I have to... I have but to swallow this and be for the rest of my days persecuted by a legion of goblins, all of my own creation. Humbug, I tell you. Fucking humbug. <laughs> At this, the spirit raised a frightful Ooh. cry and shook its chain with such a dismal and appalling noise that Scrooge held on tight to his chair to save himself from falling in a swoon. I'm not fucking swooning. But how much greater was his horror when the phantom taking off the bandage round its head, as if it were too warm to wear indoors, its lower jaw dropped down upon its breast. Jesus fucking Christ! Yikes. Scrooge fell upon his knees and clasped his hands before his face. Mercy, dreadful apparition, why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do. I must. But why do spirits walk the earth and why do they come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad with among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it's condemned to do so after death. It's doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. Again, the specter raised a cry and shook its chain and wrung its shadowy hands. You, uh, uh, fetid. Tell me why. I mean, if oh, you're into that sort of thing, it's fine. Are we had a kink shame now? <laughs> <laughs> I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it of my own free will and of my own free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Oh, would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full and heavy and long as this seven years, seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Scrooge glanced about him on the floor in the expectation of finding himself surrounded by some 50 or 60 fathoms of iron cable, but he could see nothing. Phew. Uh, Jacob. Old Jacob Molly, tell me more. Speak comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give. It comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. Nor can I tell you what I would. A very little more is all permitted to me. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house. Mark me in life. My spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole and weary journeys lie before me. It was a habit with Scrooge, whenever he became thoughtful, to put his hands in his breeches' pockets. Pondering on what the ghost had said, he did so now, but without lifting up his eyes or getting off his knees. Uh, you must have been very slow about it, Jacob, Scrooge observed in a businesslike manner, though with humility and deference. <laughs> Fucking slow. I mean, seven years dead and traveling Drink. all the time? The whole time, no rest, no peace, incessant torture of remorse. 
You you travel fast, said Scrooge. On the wings of the wind. <laughs> you might have got over a great, great quantity of ground in seven years. The ghost on hearing this set up another oh. cry and clanked his chain so hideously in the dead silence of the night that the ward would have been justified in indicting it for a nuisance. Oh, captive bound and iron double, double iron not to know that ages of incessant labor by immortal creatures for this earth must pass into eternity before the good of which it is susceptible is all developed. Not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly in its little spear, whatever it might be, will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life opportunity misused yet such was i <laughs> such fucking was i <laughs> uh, you know but you were always a good man of business jacob faltered scrooge who now began to apply this to himself fucking business cried the ghost, wringing its hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealing of my trade would but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. <laughs> it held up its chain at arm's length as if that were the cause of all its unavailing grief and flung it heavily upon the ground again. I, I'm sorry, but Marley, drama, dude, yeah, much... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm rolling. <laughs> At this time of the rolling year, I suffer most. Why do I walk through crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to the poor abode? Ah, were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? Scrooge was very much dismayed to hear the specter going on at this rate and began to quake exceedingly. <laughs> me, my time is nearly gone. I, I, I will, but don't be hard upon me. Don't be flowery, Jacob. Pray. How is it that I appear to before you in a shape that you can see? I may not tell. I've sat invisible <laughs> beside you many and many a day. It was not an agreeable <laughs> idea. Scrooge shivered and wiped the perspiration <laughs> from his brow. That is no light part of my penance. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and a hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope of my procuring, Ebenezer. Uh, you, you always were a good friend to me. Thank you. Yeah, fuck you. You'll be haunted by three spirits. <laughs> Scrooge's countenance <laughs> fell almost <laughs> as low as the ghosts had done. <laughs> Watch my jaw. Watch my jaw. <laughs> is, is that the chance and hope you mentioned, Jacob? It is. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. I mean, couldn't I take them all at once and have it over? <laughs> I'm starting to take a new look at their relationship. <laughs> expect, expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the third night when the last stroke at 12 has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more and look that, for your own sake, you remember what has passed between us. When it had said these words, the specter took its wrapper from the table and bound it round its head as before. Did Scrooge... it forget its jaw or what? <laughs> Scrooge knew this by the smart sound its teeth made when the jaws were brought together by the bandage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Kate. He ventured to raise his eyes again and found his supernatural visitor confronting him in an erect attitude with its cheek wound over and about its arm. We do not kink shame. We do not kink shame. 
The apparition walked backward from him, and at every step it took, the window raised itself a little so that when the specter reached it, it was wide open. It beckoned Scrooge to approach, which he did. Though I don't know why the fuck I'm doing it. (laughs) When they were within two paces of each other, Marley's ghost held up its hand, warning him to come no nearer. Come no nearer. Scrooge stopped. (laughs) Okay. Not so much in obedience as in surprise and fear. For on the raising of the hand, he became sensible of confused noises in the air, incoherent sounds of lamentation and regret, wailing, inexpressibly sorrowful and self-accusatory. It's all my fault! Why? Why me? The specter, after listening for a moment, joined in the mournful dirge and floated out upon the bleak, dark night. Fuck me! Scrooge followed to the window, desperate in his curiosity. He looked out. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste and moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. Some few, they might be guilty governments, were linked together. None were free. Many had been personally known to Scrooge in their lives. He had been quite familiar with one old ghost in a white waistcoat with a monstrous iron safe attached to its ankle who cried piteously at being unable to assist a wretched woman with an infant whom it saw below upon a doorstep. Okay, we know what that means, right? That was the one who went to get the beef with the baby at the beginning. Oh, oh. Either that or... Uh, or it's his parents. Or he fucked her and left her. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. Anyway, the misery <laughs> with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power forever. Whether these creatures faded into mist or mist enshrouded them, he could not tell, but they and their spirit voices faded together, and the night became as it had been when he walked home. Scrooge closed the window and examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double locked, as he had locked it with his own hands, and the bolts were undisturbed. Does he not know how ghosts work? Right. (laughs) Apparently not. He tried to say, but stopped at the first syllable. Ha! And being from the emotion he had undergone, or the fatigues of the day, or his glimpse of the invisible world, or the dull conversation of the ghost, or hey, come on, or the lateness of the hour. <laughs> Fuck you, Jacob. <laughs> he went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep on the instant. And that's where we'll stop for today. Damn. Well, that was actually quite exciting. I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, is- I'd forgotten the part where they um, he saw the other ghosts and knew them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forgotten. But- I'd never, like I said yesterday, I'd never read this. So this is all new to me. So I, while we were doing this, I did look up the lobster. Oh, thank God. Oh. What, what was it? <laughs> Please. So uh, have you ever heard of bioluminescence? Sure. Yes. So uh, apparently seafood, when it starts to go bad, 
the bacterial bioluminescence shows up. So way. Yeah. So you can actually see it in shrimp and probably for lobster as well. So the bad lobster in the basement was just a rotten lobster that was glowing in the dark. Yeah. It was a glowing in the dark lobster. It was a rock lobster. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And also it was this same bacteria that uh, during the American civil war, some soldiers got it and glowed. <gasps> wow. And they called it the angel glow because... It was gangrene, right? Yeah, basically. It was rotting. It was death yeah. rotting. Wow. And so, you know, if you started to have the angel glow, that meant you were on your way to be an angel. Dang. Damn. See, it was exciting and we learned something today. That's yeah. right. Science. What's coming up in the next chapter? Uh, tomorrow we find out that everyone hates Facebook's stupid memories algorithm. (laughs) Also, never look up your old classmates and seriously, leave therapy to the professionals. Oh, well, you know what? I can't wait. Yeah. And uh, don't, uh, while we're waiting, don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. That's right. We have lots of other stories over there and shenanigans. It's, yeah, there's, there's fun stuff over there. (laughs) Yep. That's and all <laughs> uh, thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, look, I got a lobster. Don't mind if it's glowing. It's only a week old. What? 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 You scared? <laughs> <laughs> it was in the truck of my car. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, always remember, if if all the ghosts outside your window can behave badly, then so can you. 